Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rule Thirds, a podcast dedicated to the culture and craft of cinema. And on the penultimate episode, I finally came up with a halfway decent tagline. I'm, I'm honestly just, I'm, I'm upset time. you didn't do the, you didn't do the Friends Rome as Countrymen. I thought you were going to reprise you know that as your final. I, I, I am like, I don't, I felt regret in my life, but, but nothing quite like this. <laughs> nothing quite like this. Friends, uh, Romans, countrymen, <laughs> lend me your ears. I take full this credit for this. It's Cinema Talk. It's funny, I only did it on Cinema Talk, it seems, because when I said that, I immediately went to Cinema Talk. So actually, I don't think I've used that since Rule Thirds, but a fitting way to begin my ending of hosting. Uh, mm. Anyway, uh, welcome everyone, Rule Thirds. Uh, this is this is my last uh, episode hosting, and so I was trying, you know, trying to do something special. And Larry, thank you for reminding me that I did actually used to have a, a special thing that I did. Well, uh, you're so I welcome. Got to do it one good last sir. time. Happy yep. to oblige. And I apologize, Max. I, I remember you, you weren't a fan, but blame Larry. Um, yeah, oh, well. welcome. Um, <laughs> you guys doing well, Max? You're you better be doing well. Once yeah, you I'm doing fine. News? Why? Um, Weak. Come on. <laughs> well, I graduated college. That's no, a no, cool thing the, that uh, No, Max, the, the actually important play. thing that happened to you. Oh, the actually <laughs> important thing is I got a brand new computer, and you're Yay! listening to it right now. Yay! Woo! Yep. Finally. So, and I've been microphone. waiting for this for about two and a half years now, and it's it, it really is it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank Nothing God. like a new laptop. Dinosaur it's wonderful. That you were working it's, it's with great, great My time. entire room now smells like new Apple, and it's great. Oh, it ha- that's such a good smell, isn't it? <laughs> new Apple that's, it's, smell. It, it, it's no, a very Larry, good when you get when you get a new iPhone, I mean, just like take a whiff. Oh and, no, and I, if, I've if, taken if, a whiff. Great. I've been through my share of iPhones. The new Apple smell might as well be its own perfume. It's a it's a oh, good I would whiff. buy I would buy that. It's a good I'm whiff. It's a good smell. It's a good smell. Buy that. <laughs> All right. Well, Larry, you don't have any shiny gadgets to talk about, so I don't even want to hear how you're doing. Uh, uh, <laughs> how well, are you doing, Larry? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm good. Summer. Uh, it's nice. Laid back. Uh, I'm working on getting some internships right now in the city, which is always fun. Um, mm-hmm. I saw The Nice Guys, um, oh, which is hmm. easily by far my favorite film of the year so far. Um, Dang. So, so much fun. Love that movie. Uh, Shane Black is so good. Uh, I just want to. I just. I, if you ever get the chance to see it, I thoroughly encourage you to check it out. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, as for me, I'm going. I'm actually going to be throwing this online tonight uh, because tomorrow morning I'm going. I'm flying out to Santa Monica for a job Woo! interview or so or two. So. Oh wow! Just for an interview. Wow. Oh man. Or two. I have to see. It's up in the air. One for sure. You know, okay. it's one of those. And I'm stopping by uh, Mark Willen, where I interned last summer, and I'm uh, saying hi there. So that that will be a lot of fun to That's see. That's intense. Down there. You're you're flying yeah. all the way there for a job interview. Hmm. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a graduation present kind of thing. I get a vacation as part of it because I'm there until Thursday. So I've got oh, a few cool. free days. Yeah, it should so, be fun. Yeah, it, it yeah will be. But um, enough about us. Who cares? Ugh, uh, yeah. How about let's let's talk about you. Let, let's go to the community segment. Woo. Good segue, actually. Not very I'm good segue. Bravo. For my last segue, I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, that so that we good. have we have a comment from Seth, good friend Seth. Last time I get to say our good friend Seth. Uh, since we're talking graduations, I should be getting my driver's license next Tuesday, and my associates in August. And he adds, "I'm 23." That's that's putting that off. But mm. it's funny. I was actually I heard that our generation actually really doesn't want cars. Yeah. Uh, apparently that's it's like a problem that car manufacturers are facing. So it's actually not that strange that you just haven't had the need for one. 
Um, and he says that he saw it and liked it in regards to uh, Captain America Civil War. He says that I, he says I pretty much either like a thing or don't. I don't have much a way of grading my opinions. So he liked it. Huzzah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. You know, versus a thumbs down. And he said also while you noobs are graduating, he got to see Amy Schumer live. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not not bad. bad. Good job. Yeah. And then from, you know, best friend of the show, obviously, uh, Diane McGregor. Uh, they say get more YouTube views at YouTubeZone.com. Oh, so, we finally got one of those. I know. Dot I think we've made it, guys. I think we've made it. Did you actually well, just call .com.com? No, no, no. So the dot idea org. is that HTML bots, gov. It's easy to pick up a spam bot if you can just do searches for URLs, and so they like type it out, so it's hard. Excuse to me, she is not a spam bot. She is her own person. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry, Diane. I'm sorry, Diane. You're, you're, you know, you're, she has a you're name. very precious I to mean, us. That's, a big, that's a step up from most other spam bots I've seen. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, our 19 viewers getting hit with that spam. I'm glad. I'm glad that, I mean, our best, best friend, ah, that Diane McCraig. That delicious, So delicious that's it for spam. community. Diane you know, can is we, can we just, cause so. it's like, can we do what we've been, I know Larry kind of already did it, but can we do what we've been watching? Uh, yeah. So Larry, you saw anything, anything else besides nice guys? Um, I rewatched, well, I mean, I'm okay. So I rewatched first class yesterday and I'm uh, hoping to rewatch days of future past before I go see X-Men apocalypse, mm. which hopefully mm. is happening tonight. Um, but yeah, yeah same here, but, uh, yeah, uh, I just, the nice guys. So, so good. Oh my God. It's just, it's one of those movies you walk out and you just know, you're like, this is, this is a really great movie. You know, it's like one of those, mm. it's a good one. Hmm. Um, I yeah I actually I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in preparation oh, to see the Nice Guys. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And my dad actually owns the book Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by Pauline Kael. That's where the oh. title comes from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I and of course I'm, I'm surprised I didn't watch it earlier because of all the meta jokes, like the really obvious ones. But they're it's a funny story. It's funny and it's like it's it's pretty simple and I like that. But mostly I've been just like playing a lot of games, like just trying mm. to catch up with stuff, like uh, Doom, for example. Yeah, Doom is great. I, I think I'll pick that up when it drops in price, like, you know, Doom is awesome. So. <laughs> also, Life is Strange. If you ever want to, like, figure out how, what video game storytelling is like right now, go watch, go play Life is Strange. Not great, but it's not bad either. Cool. Well, I've been doing some, uh, I've been doing a th- fun thing where I see movies are coming out that I want to see part of, like, franchises or series, and I want to kind of catch up if I haven't, or just kind of re-watch the predecessors. And so I've, I watched The Born Identity, which was very good, and then The Born Supremacy, also uh, very good. Uh, in, in prep, and I will get to Born Ultimatum uh, in preparation for Jason Bourne in, what, July? It's actually pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I've also been watching, uh, I rewatched Days of Future Past. Didn't do First Class, but I saw Days of Future Past. Oh, I love First um, Class. Also for Inferno uh, coming out, because I'm a Ron Howard fan, I finally saw The Da Vinci Code, and I surprisingly really liked it. What? Uh, What's which, in, when's Inferno coming out? Um, I want to say September. Oh, wow. I don't even so, remember yeah, so that was enough, a thing. Well, because they haven't done any big trailers for it. They've done one, but I haven't seen it in on, uh, in the movie theater. Not at all, no. But, um, yeah, the other thing that I've really been doing was I saw, I've been rewatching Harry Potter films because yeah, yeah. Fantastic Beasts is coming. And so the thing that struck me the most was uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is great. Oh, my God. Remember when we argued about that on Twitter that yeah, one time? Because because... I don't know why, but when I watched through like on the first time, like a while ago, I hadn't seen it in quite a few hmm. years. It was one of my least favorite, and I I can't remember why. It was and because like you know I remember it. Movies. I remember you said uh, there was like no like there's no change in Harry. Like there's no even though there's so much change, 
not even funny like see each movie it's it's kind of hard to argue that for any of the movies specifically it's more of a gradual eh, i don't know i can't remember my reasoning that very well could have been it but um yeah that was that was really good prison masculine caught me off guard actually it felt like i was you know watching it again for the first time because it just kind of kept surprising me at how good it was really because i've Um, I've seen the first three of those movies like at least 20 times each honest to god oh my god yeah i I know lord i haven't even seen all the first twice i I like the first two but the third Uh, is definitely better than the the first two are just nostalgic classics for me uh Mm -hmm. i used to watch those all the time on tv all right, um, let's, let's get let's get let's get to the other thing about movies that we're doing today. Yeah, the whole reason why we're here. So right, so guys, I, I want to take a quick. This is gonna be a detour uh, from from most of our episodes, and I, it just it, it's a new topic for us, guys. Do you like films at all? You know, um, I, I, eh. I'd say I'd say they're pretty cool. Okay, okay. I guess. Yeah. So so, do you have any specifically you like? Perhaps. You like the most, perhaps. You would maybe. What? What's the like favorites? Fa- uh, least not favorite. Uh, not least favorite. Um, yeah, favorite. Okay, good. Favorite. Uh, how many do we want to list? How many are we thinking um, of listing? One. One of them. Two. two? Ten. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm killing this. Ten game. of them. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, ten like the internet instructs in us to do. Top ten movies. There you go. That's. Well, that's we can we all list ten of the movies. Watchwolfers.com presents top ten movies ever. Ever. Oh wow! Oh man, we could never agree. Oh, that would no, be insane. That would be awful. <laughs> we, yeah, really there, the there, I don't think any of us would survive that. It would, it'd be a well, guys. Anyway, guys, I got a good idea. What if we each get three instead of all of what? us making ten? Hey, I already killed this bit. We're gonna do three top three favorite <laughs> films. It was suggested a while ago, and when it was, we we said, "Oh, we should do that." And then I can't remember who one of us said that seems like that'd be like the last thing. Like it's so big, and and. Here we are. The yep. penultimate podcast is three top three favorite films of all time. There's no limitations. There's no, there's nothing. It's just favorite movies for whatever reason we get to choose. And uh, did we decide to do honorable mentions first or between two and one? Uh, we which, usually, which we we usually do? do it between two and one. Right. But, it but just, I mean, I feel like because we all know our number ones, right. it might not be really it might not be worth the build. Yeah, up. plus yeah, I'm really. actually very curious as to your runner-ups. So, I I say we do them right now. Let's just okay. get them out of the way. All right, Larry, why don't you start with your runner-ups then for your favorite films of all time? All right, I'm just gonna run down. I have a list here in front of me, just all mm-hmm. all of my all of the like because I I always whenever I have a film that I watch and I say this is probably like a really really favorite film of mine, I put it down in this list. So here we go, um, the Avengers. Marvel, one of my all-time favorite films, um, mostly because of the experience watching it, but also it holds up incredibly well. Um, Whiplash, which is actually another recent one, um, so good, so quotable. That movie is just an incredible, uh, suspenseful thrill ride. Uh, liar, liar, Jim Carrey comedy, easily his best comedy. <laughs> Not my favorite. Here though. I come to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the claw. Um, <laughs> the best Jim Carrey comedy. Not my favorite though. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. One of my all-time favorite action-adventure films. Uh, Johnny Depp at his peak uh, before they mm. milked it and killed it. Um, drum- that, well, we can get into that another day. Drumline. <laughs> um, guilty pleasure, really, because it's not really that good, but I have, I'm a sucker for marching bands and uh, fun marching band movies. Plus, Nick Cannon is surprisingly good. Um, we got Disney. Uh, Aladdin and Lilo and Stitch are my two personal favorite uh, Disney films. 
Um, then we got Beetlejuice, which is one of my favorite Halloween movies to watch. So much fun. Michael Keaton, just just amazing performance. Um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because Willy Wonka may just be the most quotable character in the history of film. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Excellent, oh, excellent hybrid. Oh, it's, of, it's just probably the best film that hybrids um, CGI and live action. Uh, and it's currently on Netflix to stream, yes. but it's leaving like halfway through June. So I've yeah. wrote a note oh to myself my to watch God. it before then. So yeah. if you want to rewatch it, definitely. It, it's not CGI. It was hand drawn oh, animation. Hand-drawn animation, it, but it was like, yeah, okay, fine. I, I, my bad. It was. Uh, it is hand drawn. Yeah, get out. Um, were you, were you like fake the, Disney yeah, fan? All right, whatever, Max. Especially <laughs> the very last moment. Incredible. Um, and oh, then yeah. uh, my the last one, which is probably number four. Uh, if I had to give put a number four, because my because my number three really changes all the time through all of these movies, but uh, number four would probably be The Untouchables, uh, which is probably mm-hmm. my favorite period film. Uh, the carriage moment is so iconic. Brian De Palma is such an expert um, director. Uh, so uh, yeah, there you go. That's oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah the scene De- that don't... was taken directly from Battleship Potemkin. Yeah, that one. Whoa whoa <laughs> whoa whoa whoa! Very different wow. scene. We're dropping uh, some pretty film nah. school nerd references with Battleship Attempkin. Okay, I'm that's, sorry. Did, come on, let's be real, Larry. So, okay, they, Max. They, the same scene. Okay, Max. Guys, so guys, no guys, one guys. else is stolen from Battleship Attempkin, then, I guess. Okay, whatever. Guys, we can debate the roots of Soviet montage later, as I know we all want to and our audience wants us to. But we need to move on. Damn Eisenstein purist. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, Max, do you want to go next? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, okay, the only two I can think of right now... One of which would probably be in my top three. I just haven't watched it since I, since it came out, which is Short Term Twelve, a film that I will never stop gushing about. Nope. But it's, and the thing is, I I haven't rewatched it since it came out because I don't want to. Like, hmm. what, the experience of watching it to me is so valuable and so emotional that you just want to really just hold on to each viewing. It's not it's not like the next film I'm about to talk about, which I watch a million times. This one is like, you know, had I had if I watch it again and it's like it holds up and should belong in the top three, then you know it'll go in the top three. But then again, this is just this is just our favorites, and our favorites are always changing. So short term twelve, right. and the other one is kind of the movie that like I watch and I go, this is the movie I want to make, which is Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which wow, is oh, wow. yeah, I don't know, is that high? That's probably my number four. Like it's, I love, I love how some of our and, choices are recent, which is nice, good mix. Yeah, it's also like it's also kind of a sin in film school to put recent films is your favorite because like there's yeah, so many films that came out God. in the last eight years Ugh. eight yeah, decades because movies are all bad now you see uh, yeah of course they're all Only unoriginal because Hollywood I'm not gonna do that and yeah, um, we're not we're not gonna uh, get into that so yeah it's yeah Winter Soldier amazing action a fantastic screenplay and it and it has one of the best it nobody dies nobody important dies and yet everything dies like it what am I trying to say the emotional stakes are not based on the death of an important character, but rather the death of an important setting. And I think that's hmm. brilliant and has one of my favorite twists in movie history. Just everything God, dies, film. man. Also, everything. you know what? I, I got to say, when I was rewatching it before Civil War, it's the best looking Marvel movie, I think, in terms of the cinematography. Oh, yeah. You know, sure, Guardians has these amazing colors and stuff, but man, there's so many just beautiful shots running just all over the place uh, in, in Winter Soldier. Even I think it's even better than Civil War. So yeah, I just I'd have I just to rewatch it, but I mean I have to rewatch it. But I, I do agree. The cinematography oh, it, it's was beautiful. gorgeous, gorgeous, and it's so clean. You know, like it's it's bright but not clean overly and sleek so. You can and... it's it's yeah, it is. It's great, great. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I have my runners up. 
to start off on like just to cover the most ground, I want to start with a rom-com that I think is so overlooked. Love Actually is one of like the movies that just kind of it's the best feel good movie for me. Wow. There's something about it. It's just so positive. Have you seen Love Actually? I you have. Know, the sign Rick Grimes doing the to me you are a perfect thing. <laughs> that wasn't that's that's kind of one of the weaker storylines honestly, but it's just if people it's a great Did not collection expect to of see stories this film on Sean's list. Yeah, and, and it's at the very top, but it's just it, wow. it, it makes me feel happy. Makes That's you all, feel you know. Happy. Like film criticism cast aside, I don't really think about it that way. It's just a feel good, uh, feel good film. I respect uh, that. Speed which I got the Princess Bride, wonderful classic oh, of fairy so tale awareness. Yet mm-hmm. it's 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 awareness is what lets it be very legitimate, specifically in the vengeance of Indigo Montoya. So it's a great middle ground. It it it's it's wonderful. You can all quote it. It's one of the most quotable movies. Uh, actually, I've decided to add this very recently because I rewatched it. It just blew me away every time I watch it. I feel like it deserves a spot. X Men: Days of Future Past is my favorite superhero movie. Ah, see, I love really? that we have these recent movies. It's so cool. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, it's a great I think movie. it's absolutely yeah. incredible. It's the most character-driven superhero film I've seen, and okay. it has amazing action. It's it's wonderful. Uh, another one that's very recent that might even be climbing higher as we go is Chicago. Definitely my favorite musical. Every song, I, well, okay, every song, but like. Two, I love uh, absolutely stellar editing. Watch it just for the editing. If that's all, if that it just that makes it worth it. But amazing songs, great yeah, acting, production, all that. Production design also is very unique, which I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lion King, childhood favorite that still holds up. Uh, pro- my favorite Disney animated. Um, definitely the wildebeest stampede scene alone is one of the best sequences I've ever seen. So that alone should earn a spot on this list. Uh, then I also have Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of Black Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite boy. movie theater memories is when I went to that uh, in the old circus theater. Terrible theater, but wonderful experience. It was magical to see it for so the first time up too, on that, that screen. Movie. The movie's so quotable mm-hmm. and so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, uh, I some people hate Nolan. I love Nolan. Inception, love it. Every time I rewatch it, it's it's good but not great. And then as soon as I go into the dream for the back half, it's amazing. And all the exposition pays off beautifully. It, it works super well. It's creative, has some great cinematography in the dream and weird visuals. It, you know, it, it's one of the most well-known blockbusters. So I don't have to explain it. Uh, Up, uh, still my favorite Pixar film. Oh, I thought though, I'd see that in the top three. No, I'm, I'm afraid oh, not. Wow. Uh, yeah, Up, that's true. It's, it's touching. It's fun. It has dog jokes. What more do you want? <laughs> that's it, guys. I can't that's say the, anything that's, more. The, that's what puts you up on the list. If you got the dog yeah, that's, jokes, that's what. Yeah, that's why it beats like Inside Out for favorite Pixar movies. Like Inside Out, probably better movie. It's but the best it's, Pixar movie. It doesn't have Inside. dog jokes. It has one in the credits, but it just. I'm sorry, guys. It, it wasn't enough. You lost me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, guys. Uh, and then at at the number four would be. It's a three way tie. I've decided. Yeah, that'll be fine. Mix, it's a tie between Star Wars. Episode four, New Hope. Star Wars Episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, and Star Wars Episode uh, two, what? Attack Whoa. of the Clones. What? So okay, Star what? Wars. <laughs> let me explain. Calm down. Did you Calm really down. just claim that Return of the Jedi is not as good as Attack of the Clones? Uh, this what? is favorite, Max. This is favorite. Oh my god. So Star Wars Episode four is there because it might be like when I think of movie, that's kind of it. It like has the exact structure movie should have. Has likable characters. It has great effects, uh, effects and use of practicals, and it's just a great story. And it's a cla- like it's just kind of, it's so perfect in of itself. You know, Empire Strikes Back is on here because it's definitely the best Star Wars movie. 
and it's incredible. Probably the best, one of the best sci-fi movies. I would consider it the second best, or at least second favorite. Really, we'll you think it's sci-fi? Later. Like, I, I think it's space western, yeah. you know? No, well, it's western, it's, it's fantasy, space opera, western, sci-fi, it counts, whatever. Yeah, yeah, And then Attack like, the Clones. No, no, it's, oh, that's, that's right. Somebody referred it to, like, you know, there's a difference between hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi. It's really soft sci-fi. Yeah, it's yeah. like soft, it's, like, it's corgis there. for soft sci-fi. Hmm. Uh, and Attack the Clones, before you freak out again, is there for nostalgia. Oh, and that's okay. why it's favorite. This is not best. Yeah, I remember like you were telling me like one day that like nothing happens in Attack of the Clones, nothing. Well, and yeah, I'm, you like, could take it out and move what? stuff to three is what I think I meant. But anyway, yeah. it has just so many moments that like blew my mind as a kid. It's kind of hard for me to not mention it because it. it I rewatched it a few months ago and it just just brought me so much joy. So I do like the clone go. scene in Attack of the Clones. The clone scene is nice where we meet like Django and Boba and stuff. Django, Team Django. And the mystery of Sifadeus always interested me. Yeah, that's, that's true. Fun. They have a character, an off-screen character. Star Wars never does that. A very important character that's never seen. That's just talked about. It influenced uh, everything. Well, it's, I mean, Darth Plagueis in Episode Three. Eh. Oh no! And no, I, no I'm no. still holding to that he's there, but the producer says he's not. He's not uh, Snoke, but whatever. Oh I think you guys need to move on. It's too perfect. Wait, we were doing we were doing our things. Besides, this won't take that long, honestly, since we know. Um, so we kind of been going in this order. Larry, um, you're number three. Okay. Third uh, favorite so, film so, of all time. Of all time. Uh, again, as I said, uh, three really kind of interchanges between all the films that I mentioned, just depending on the timing. Uh, but right now, because I've been on kind of a musicals kick lately, I'm um, putting Singing in the Rain as my number three. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's a great I, I love Singing in the Rain, but uh, I just didn't expect it to easily, be Easily my three. favorite my favorite musical of all time. And it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, when I watched it for the first time, I just a smile never left my face. Like, not once. Like, I was like, my mouth hurt from, like, smiling. It's such a feel-good movie. It has so many fantastic sequences. Uh, it's so colorful and so, like, lighthearted. Uh, but at the same time, gets you really emotional for its for when the stakes kick in, um, which is just really really well done. Um, I love the music, some of the most memorable songs in my opinion, and it's not just like singing in the rain and like Good Morning, make them laugh. I so think Good Morning is underrated. Love uh, oh, good really? Morning. Yeah, good Morning. Well, I mean, great. everyone knows the tune, but not yeah. a lot of people know the lyrics, and the lyrics are actually really smart. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I really love Make Them Laugh, which is in my opinion like the perfect musical song. Uh, just because of, and I'm gonna get into why in just a second. Um, and it's just so much great dancing. Gene, I, I call, I think this is the quintessential Gene Kelly musical. Uh, a yeah. lot of people like to say it's American in Paris. I personally prefer that uh, it's Singing in the Rain, just because. I think it's Singing. I, I just, it's just, it was more, it was, it's, it was more critically acclaimed, and it was also more influential. Um, yeah, it stuck around. People would probably yeah. be able to name. You know, singing in the rain above any other of his movies. Right. And, and you know, there's also, I mean, like the pole, the, the pole during the number of singing in the rain is its own landmark. It's a pole. Yeah. Okay. Like the fact, like, come on. Um, it's very funny. Uh, the writing, that's, oh my God. Uh, Donald O'Connor is, uh, is such a brilliant comedian. It's very underrated. Great, uh, great banter with Gene Kelly. But my favorite thing about singing in the rain, which a lot of people don't really uh, think about, is that. Its songs do a great job of sort of establishing character and sort of establishing motive and things like that without giving it away. Like a lot of people don't remember that Singing in the Rain is just a really good uh, way of executing that some guy's just feeling kind of lighthearted and free and, you know, Mm -hmm. happy and stuff. And nobody really thinks a lot about that. 
Um, it's kind of the ultimate obey. It obeys the rule. It's kind of the best example of this, where in musicals, if you feel too much to say it, you sing it. Exactly. And I think that's singing the rain. That's its finest moment because it's just the joy he feels, and it's just he has to burst into song. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a scene. great. It's a great song. Great dance number. But my my personal favorite song for singing in the rain is "Make Him Laugh," and I think that it's because it's just a perfect representation of who Cosmo Brown is as a character. It's a brilliant way to establish his his ideals in life, his sense of humor, and just the way his dance number is is choreographed shows a lot about himself. He's willing to get beaten up and hit in the face and all this stuff, but if it's for the sake of a joke, he's happy. And I think that that's his character throughout the whole film, which I think is just like brilliant. Fun fact, that guy finished the musical number. If you've seen Singing in the Rain, you know that the musical number is intense. And at the end of that musical number, they had to hospitalize him because he smoked like six packs a day. So like he had to be hospitalized right afterwards. And then right after he was in the hospital, they said they had to do it again because the take wasn't good. So the power of musicals. Yeah, but it's just it's such a fun musical. And and I I was really surprised at how much I loved it right from the start. And I think that a lot of musicals owe it to singing in the rain for sort of getting the genre for, for making the genre so um, acclaimed and on the pedestal that musicals are right now. I think this is the number one musical on the AFI's list of, of musicals. Um, or if not, in the top three, and for good reason. It's just a great movie that happens to be a musical also. So there you go. That's my number three, Signal in the Rain. Cool. Yeah. Max, you up? Oh, I guess mm-hmm. actually, do, do you have any more comments on Singing in the Rain? Uh, I mean, I actually saw that in... The Paramount Theater, which was which is like an old style theater with like the Looney Tunes cartoon beforehand and like huh. a newsreel and a uh, tra- I remember before seeing the rain, it was a trailer for a movie called The African Queen starring Humphrey Bogart. And yes, that's awesome. I- I've seen African Queen. It's a good movie. Oh, yeah. and uh, also, um, if I could just mention, I actually got oh to God. see. I'm sorry, but I I got to see Singing in the Rain live with an orchestra playing the music of the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra. It was such hmm. an amazing, such an amazing experience. I uh, feel like that's not the only movie we'll be talking about today that went had a similar experience. Anyway, so uh, my number spoilers. three, <laughs> my number three goes to um, actually the very first movie I ever reviewed. Period. Um, Good day to die hard. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Sean, no, you crazy. <laughs> no, it was for my newspaper. It was for my high school newspaper. It was the first article I ever wrote for that newspaper. And later on, <laughs> I would no, never mind. Um, my number three goes to the Social Network, which oh, I nice. always account to be one of the most, one of the most miraculous movies I've ever watched. You see, I'm a guy who really appreciates. It's kind of weird because I just put it as my, one of my favorite movies. Um, I I really appreciate the movies that you that embrace the visual uniqueness of the medium. Like you know, the reason I think Gravity is a great film is because it's very much. A visual film you can't really do it anywhere else. The Social Network, you could do that. You could do that stuff anywhere else. I mean, they did do it any, everywhere else in a book that was then adapted to the movie. It's really a series of people just talking, and you know what? It's great, and it's incredible, and it's it's pretty much the very very best kind of situation out of a movie that is literally a bunch of people just talking, conversations, conversations. You'd think. For a second, you think, yeah, you know what, this could be really boring. But Aaron Sorkin, man, you never, you never let Aaron Sorkin down because he's never gonna let you down either. He manages to make an incredible screenplay that bounces back between characters. It really is his quintessential script, and mm. each character is fascinating. How it constructs um, 
the the film's portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg is actually one of the few protagonists that is not likable in any sense, and yet he's still very compelling. It kind mm-hmm. of dispels the notion that you know your main character has to be a likable person. Sometimes you can just be empathetic with them. That's a dumb notion, especially now. <laughs> I mean, we've seen so many yeah, great protagonists and, um, that aren't likable. Yeah, really. Um, it's also has some of, the, some of the best lighting of any movie I've ever seen. Like if you just look at the lighting uh, in any of the scenes, it's it's incredible. And it also features my favorite soundtrack of all time of any of any or my favorite score of all time in any movie. And um, yeah, I just it's firing all cylinders, folks. My only complaint, my only complaint is that it kind of ends. It kind of its pacing kind of doesn't lend itself to a good ending, but. Man, other than that, the ride there is so good. It's so yeah. worth it. I can agree to that, actually. It, did, it does just kind of end. I, yeah. I like mm-hmm. the ending, though. I kind of like how it's like the friend request sort of... Uh, no, 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 no. That is a brilliant scene. I'm not talking about the, the the last scene. I'm talking about how we get there. It's like, oh, okay, we keep going. We keep, oh, we, oh, it's end, oh, it's over? Oh, oh okay. okay. Okay, fine. Then yeah, I no, might... no. The ending sequence is one of the most relatable things in all of cinema. Yeah. All of cinema. I Absolutely. Hashtag relatable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you on the score part in the Hall of the Mountain King, um, the 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 moment where they're rowing the boats, the the Winklevoss. Oh yeah, yeah that that's fine, that's fine. But hand covers bruise, man. Hand, hand covers, covers bruise. bruise. Hand covers bruise. There's also um the they're I don't know if they did this for the movie, but they do a cover of Creep with like a children's choir. Oh no, um, that was just for the trailer, but it's still great. Oh it, well, I mean it's still a great. I mean that just music. That did you music ever watch the movie, Larry? Yes, I've seen. Okay. okay. Also, the piano with like the the distortion at the is that what hand covers bruise is right in the beginning yeah. of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's really effective, especially if you're listening to it on headphones. It's really effective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Reznor and Ross, man. Reznor great, and Ross. Great movie. Fantastic movie. I'm happy to see it uh, being discussed. <laughs> I, I don't have too much to add. I like it a lot too. Definitely. Probably should have won Best Picture that year. It should have won King's Best was Picture. Also good. Should have yeah. won Best Picture. It was it was a tough call for me, which I liked more, but it, in hindsight. I feel like the tie should have gone to the one that was more of its time, and the Social Network is one of probably the, one of the most time timely movies we'll ever get. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was right mm-hmm. at the peak of Facebook, and it, it just worked um, for when it came out. So yeah, I, I the best yeah the, the best the best way I can summarize it is this movie has no right no right to be as good as it is, and yet it's my third favorite film of all time. Nice. Uh, don't you love it when that happens? Yeah. All right, so I guess that falls to me. Uh, my number three, my my third favorite film of all time. Uh, is the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King, uh, and yes. it's, it's kind of—I yes. mean, first I kind of have to acknowledge how miraculous it is. This was a production that was from a director that made smaller movies, a few smaller movies, and like uh, horror, uh, gore f- movies, right? Peter Jackson, and he went to a st- all these studios with this massive, you know, eight-year shoot or something ridiculous like that. Okay, it wasn't that long, but you get the point. And An eight-year production, eight-year production. Yeah, anyway, uh, the the new line greenlit it, and even more miraculous, honestly, it's good. Like, when you think about how easily this could have gone horribly awry, it's it's really impressive they pulled it off, and that it all feels right. That it, This doesn't feel cheap, and I think that's why Return of the King is my favorite of the three. Not only do we get the emotional payoff of, you know, the entire trilogy, so it's kind of hard to top that, even though Fellowship is a wonderful setup and has a lot of great moments in of itself, and Two Towers has its moments as well. It's bogged down by the Ents. Don't get me started on the boring, boring No, Ents. no, <laughs> no, is the best part. It's easily the worst part of the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, just by far. At least it's not the worst of the Tolkien movies, because Love Triangle and The Hobbit. 
So uh, at least they're not the worst of all six movies. Couldn't, anyway. have, couldn't have just gotten away with not mentioning it, but of course nope, they have to mention impossible. the Hobbit movies. I'm legally obligated to mention <laughs> it. says Hobbit in the Rule Thirst contract. Work. In the Rule Thirst yeah, contract, it explicitly you guys, states. You guys signed it. You guys signed it. Should have read the fine print. Why did anyway, I sign it? not only do we get that payoff, but there was never a moment that I felt like they cut a corner. This is the most epic film I've seen. And I've seen a lot of epics, but this is just, it feels the biggest. And fantasy lends itself to that. So even though something like Spartacus has a very real army marching and this wonderful shot of thousands of shields glimmering in the sunlight, that's wonderful. This, you get, you get dragons. You get these massive cities that couldn't exist. You get hundreds of thousands of these monsters. It feels so big and they pull it off. That's the biggest miracle is that it feels as big as it is. Sometimes when you watch something, especially like TV, where they're showing like sections of this battle. It's like, I get it. That's all you can afford. But the fact that they didn't have to do that, that they just went all out and they, they it's this breathtaking spectacle. It's, it's phenomenal. And it's something that I'm really happy I did get to see in theaters. Uh, I didn't watch them when they first came out, but it was a, there was a special screening uh, in another city, actually, and I, my, my dad and I, we drove there just so we could see the extended edition in theaters, and that's where you should see it. It is epic, and hmm. yeah, that's basically it. It has so many huge emotional moments, and it gets to, and the emotions are as big as the, as big as the action. You know, uh, Sam carrying Frodo up Mount Doom, wonderful. Uh, Theoden's final charge against, you know, charge of the Rohirrim, one of my favorite moments in cinema. I love that its scale is matched with emotions. It, it's not just, spe- it's not Transformers. You know, it's not all spectacle. There's so much behind it. And it, it benefits from being the third of a huge trilogy. It has all that pushing it. And uh, it's wonderful. So there it is, Turn of the King. You guys have anything? I mean, yeah, it's, I like it's, it. it. Oh, <laughs> wow. oh my God, Max. <laughs> uh, it's a great well, movie. Well, to be fair. You watch, for, you watch the extended, which you probably yeah, should right away. I you watch need to watch the theatrical first? version. Yeah. Oh my God. Who what? That's what everybody do. told me to do. No. Well, they were wrong. They were no. just Tolkien fans, I guess. No, Jeez. you yeah. have okay, to Okay, that's watch. fair. Never. Honestly, rule of thumb: don't trust book fans. No. Regarding <laughs> the movies. Never. Yeah, never really. Trust a book fan, and I say this as a Every... fan, as a guy who used to be a book fan. Don't trust book fans. You gotta watch like, the yeah, theatrical really. cuts first. I'm not even a fan of books, so <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> Well, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I, just... I, I mean, I have to watch the theatrical versions because the extended versions they were good. I liked like all the sequences. Just it was all a big old mesh of things. Yeah, because it becomes so formless once you go extended, and so you have no grounding because it's the first time you see it. So, exactly. I, yeah, I would highly recommend theatrical. I think it will feel more, you know, built built up and just finer tuned. That's that's, yeah. that's the term I'm looking for. So, um, yeah, oh. I'd recommend that. And Larry, you were you were gonna say something on Return of the King? I, I mean, I love Return of the King. I mean, I love the Lord of the Rings mm. films. Um, I, I personally, I personally have a bit more of a of a soft spot for Fellowship, uh, mm. just because I sort of like, I just like how we get introduced to these characters, and uh, I, th- I think it's a little bit, a little bit more whimsical, which I, which I prefer. Whimsical. I, I'm personally whimsical. like, I mean, I'm personally somebody who likes the first Hobbit film, uh, and particularly yeah, the beginning. Yeah, I like I mean, the, I like the first Hobbit film a lot. It's actually my yeah, favorite of I, the three. Or of the entire Tolkien saga. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite of the Hobbit films, and not definitely not the Tolkien saga. Uh, I personally love Desolation of Smog a lot, um, but I will. Uh, but I just I like the world of Lord of the Rings the most out of any part of it, and I just love being immersed in the world. Like the scene where Bilbo and Gandalf just blow some smoke rings is just like it's mm. such a like, it's such a memorable scene. 
Um, yeah, but so, hey, Return of the King is when you got to save that world you love so much. Yes, so. and I mean the action. I mean the the action in, in Return of the King is some of the best put on film. But it's it's just uh, it's a, it's a it, I will admit I agree with you in the sense that it's that emotional payoff just really really hits you hard. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's funny a career goal of mine. If I ever get to like make movies that can work my way up to something with a budget, I would love to try to top the Battle of Minas Tirith. It'll oh be like God. impossible. Nope. <laughs> but. If you nope. could, if someone could top that battle, uh, I would, I would just be in awe to see it. So, God, if uh, anyone ever does, ooh, uh, but that'll hell. be the day. That'll be the day. Hey, let's see about Game of Thrones. Let's see when that all wraps up. The if series they can finale, pull off something massive. Yeah, uh. but they've been one of the shows that have to kind of show parts of a battle. <laughs> Again, in season one, one of the characters gets knocked out as they rush into battle, and then when he wakes up, the battle's done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Someone had a budget yeah, cut. <laughs> that 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 told that said a lot about that season. Yeah, but again, Lord the, Return of the King has none of that. You get to see all of it, and it is it is absolutely incredible. It's probably the most impressive achievement ever put on film. That's what I'll end with. It is the most impressive film I've ever seen, just in how it was all captured. So uh, yeah, there you go. Return of the King. Return of the King. Uh, Those well, are our threes, Larry. Uh, all right, off. number two. Um. I mentioned earlier that Liar Liar is the best Jim Carrey comedy, in my opinion. <laughs> I knew it. Not my favorite, though, because The Mask is my favorite. And that's at number two currently. Somebody stop me. Okay, so yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop referencing it. I stopped you. Anyway, Larry, continue. Okay. Thank, thank you. Um, oh, you guys are no fun. Oh, stop. No. I reference it that's all the time. That's also in the contract. I'm, we can't be any fun. I am constraining myself right now. I don't know if you realize. I could quote this movie, not verbatim. I can quote my number one verbatim, but I uh, not this same. Um, so it's it is. Um, I think that this is in my my. It's my favorite Jim Carrey comedy because it's it is Jim Carrey at his most energetic and his most visual and fun. I think it's just like the mask becoming the character of the mask is such an over the top, such a such a fun. Um, ridiculous character that I think it just gives Jim Carrey the the um, the license to go bonkers, and I think he does that here. Um, so many fun moments, uh, especially when it comes to the revolutionary CGI effects that that went into this movie, which is another reason I love it so much. Uh, they're 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 really some of them are pretty outdated, and they're kooky and they're wacky and they're cheesy, but I love them, um, especially when. Uh, the 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 crime boss uh, Donegan gets the mask, uh, which is one of my favorite parts about it. Because Jim Carrey's mask guy is sort of like a cool, you know, stylish whatever, and this this guy's ma- Donegan's mask character is like a big evil villain. So like, I love how like the mask sort of uh, has a good characterization to it, um, and it's it's a hysterically funny movie. So many quotable lines. Uh, the soundtrack is also really good. A lot of good jazzy soundtrack, but a, a solid like. Um, mystical sort of score uh, my only problem with it is is how the climax resolves itself um which technically is in character uh but it just feels a little it feels a little cheated i wanted something a little bit bigger and it just sort of ends on this funny but sort of um sort of a meh note uh, which is unfortunate but um uh, this is uh, many people consider this to be in the trinity of jim carrey films um it's like it's in, in like his heyday it was like the mask then it was Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber. 
uh, those are those are like the three that were made like within the the two or three years of one another and really put his name on the map and i think that just this one is easily the most creative it's easily the most entertaining and um and i think it's 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 a comic book also which i think is just again testament to how wacky it is and fun um and i would end on a quote but i'm restraining myself for the sake of you both so the mask number two any comments? Uh, I haven't yeah. seen the mask, so I can't actually. Oh, I can't say anything. Oh man, it's good. Shut up, shut up. You know, just you know, just for <laughs> no, that. No, it's weird. I sh- I feel like I should like the mask a lot more than I do because it is a tribute to the Looney Tunes. I I think. Oh yeah, like, there's some Looney Tunes stuff animation. going on in there. Yeah, and just like, and I feel like I, you know, I I like the movie. I think I like it a lot. I just have to go back and watch it again. It's it's a it, it feels like a relic sometimes, but man, yeah, all the parts of Jim Carrey with the mask on is. Yeah. Really, is some of his best work ever. That that's the stuff he's taking to his grave. Yeah, honestly. one of like it's... one of one of my favorite shots in any movie ever is when he's in the nightclub, um, and when he sees Cameron Diaz's character for the first time, and like his eyes like bulge out, and like his tongue like rolls out, sort of like a staircase. Oh yeah, it's my cover photo on Twitter right now, and it will remain my cover photo on Twitter because and it's my, yeah, it's like my Cuban beat shot. man. That's that's uh, a great one Cuban too. Pete. Like... There's also the jazz song in the club, which is also a great song. Um, yeah, it's it's a great like it's it's just one of those movies that like that embraces its own silliness and never like looks back. And I appreciate that a lot as a man who enjoys some silliness. So I <laughs> I'm totally I'm totally with you on this one, Larry. This movie rocks. Look, I just, ma- could, I just need to go back and watch it again. Look, ma, I'm roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the only thing I can really add is that I you were talking about the ending just kind of ending and comedy. And I realized that I didn't mention in my honorable mentions uh, Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Oh, so okay. that's disappointing. I that okay. should have been there. That's your okay. one contributing contribution to this conversation. Oh, here's a movie that we haven't going to talk about at all. That I just yeah. want to talk about. That's no, your... I, I'm not going to hey, talk I, about it. I, I, I forgot I, to mention I excuse it. Excuse it. I love Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Any anything Monty yeah. Python. So props. So, for yeah, sorry, I can't <laughs> say anything else about the mask, but. Nah, Here's an alternative movie. movie. Yeah. Great movie. Check it out. It's it's a good time. It's a good time. There's also an animated uh, series, will. I think, actually. Yeah, and, and a sequel, which will forever be that, the bane which is of the my best. existence. Obviously See, the yeah, best Larry, when did you watch The Mask? When, 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 did you, when did you watch The Mask? Like, at when what did age? I, oh, when did I, I don't even remember. I was like, it was like when I was maybe like, I think, nine, eight or nine. Yeah, that was around the same time I saw Son of the Mask. Oh, just, just, poor thing. Yeah, let's let that sink in for a second. Oh, my God. Uh, I remember seeing right, the anyway. poster. I remember seeing the poster for some of the masks. I'm like, oh wow, they made a sequel to that one. And I watched it, and my life was forever changed. Moving Wonderful. on. Wonderful. That's Moving actually on. my number one. I'll spoil it now. <laughs> best movie. <laughs> best nice. movie. Best I, I haven't seen the mask because 10, I, know 10, I just could 100, never. 100, 100, could never best measure game. up. Oh, to, uh, all right. All right. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on before we. All right. So Max, number two. My number two goes to a movie that never really was on this this list that I've had since like I was like you know in 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 tenth grade. But it really deserves to be on the list list. And it comes from one of my all-time favorite movie studios, Pixar Animation. And it really is the pinnacle of visual animated storytelling and that is The Incredibles. Yeah. Wow, number two. Yeah. I was surprised myself, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is really everything I've ever wanted in a movie. Like, it's, you know, sure, action sequences, great animation, great music, great characters, you know, all that stuff that you hope for in every movie you go see. But then there are the little things. Then there are the little things. The stealth sequences, 
the tragedy, the emotion, and the depth that you find. This is a movie, and I know this is going to sound really strange, but this is a movie about America. This is a movie that talk. It is a very much a dialogue on American life, on healthcare systems, on you know, on how we treat certain groups of people. It's very much a story about the society that we live in, and it succeeds in telling a narrative and telling a story that resides in that while also being about superheroes and supervillains and everything. Like, the scene, it, like, and, and it manages to be a lot of different emotions that have just, like, a lot of fun. Like, um, the scene where the jet explodes. Like, listen, this is Pixar. You know they're going to make it out of there alive. It's, like, duh. But even in that moment, you, I feel like I get really shaken up. Like, my heart get like, races. It's, like, it's really tragic to watch. And that's impressive for a movie I've seen probably in the realm of 10, 12 times to still get me with one of its scenes. And, you know, that that's kind of... I think it's a miracle of it itself, in of itself. It's pretty much everything I've ever wanted out of a movie, and I really don't see anything particularly wrong with it. Hmm. Yeah. And you're, and you're getting a sequel in, what, two years? Have they yeah. announced yet? Yeah, I think it was like 2019. 2019, wow, that's why it's off. Yeah. All right, well, you're that getting was announced, it, That cool. was announced like a year ago, so, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll be waiting for a while. <laughs> but I don't know, even it. with a sequel on the way, and I'm excited for that sequel, I don't think it'll ever top what is, you know, my, my at right now, second favorite film of all time. Yeah, The Incredibles is, is my favorite Pixar film, for sure. In fact, I don't know why it wasn't on my honorable mention. I don't care about your silly up, Sean. Um, it's the third best. Go in your go in your corner, sit. Go it's, in your corner. I don't care. Yeah. Go in your balloon corner and sit there, because I'm, I'm here. I'm here to talk about The Incredibles. I should really anyway, include, I should include The Incredibles in my honorable mentions. I'm gonna put it on after this uh, podcast, but it's. It's yeah. just I love the the story layered underneath about the superheroes. It's like a lot of people were joking that like it was Civil War before Civil War. Hmm. Um, a little and, bit, yeah. Yeah, and, and and I mean that's funny, but Wait, I mean what? Like because there was the like, kind the of whole... like superheroes had to go in retirement and debate well, no, about it's, responsibilities. It's, no, 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 it's Watchmen, guys. It's it's basically the kids' version of Watchmen. See, I haven't seen Watchmen that or read it, so that oh Watchmen's yeah. Watchmen's all right, but it's 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 just a very smart story that is. Um, it's very easy to understand for the younger people who are watching, but it's also very um, thematically interesting for people who are maybe. There is a more. scene in this movie that is just about healthcare. Like it's yeah. not even like they're not even underselling it. They're just like your five hundred four plan, like you know that little old lady and stuff. It's just there's nothing that is like you know kid kid friendly about it. It's just a scene of two people talking about health insurance, and somehow it works. It's incredible. Like it totally works just fine. Yeah, that should not be possible. Uh, and then Pixar I, does the impossible, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Syndrome working as the villain around this story, it connects perfectly to the story. And just the line that absolutely kills me every time I watch it is just, "And when everyone's super, no one will be." And like he just walks every time I hear that line. I just like it just cements even like deeper how brilliant the story is uh, at its core. Yeah, um, he's and, one of the he's one of the best like probably Disney villains out there because everything he yeah, says agree. is very... I'd agree with that. It's very, like, it's very impactful. Like, my favorite is, like, when Mr. Incredible's like, buddy, I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, now you're sorry because I'm a threat. It's like, oh! Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh! It yeah. hits hard. It's like, that's so true. After anyway, Sean, all, do you have anything to say? I'm your biggest yeah, fan. I'm, I'm coming point. back from my up corner because I do love <sighs> The Incredibles as well. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it is surprisingly 
it, it's it stuck with me a lot more than I expected. You know, other Pixar's and every almost every Pixar movie is you know home run to different degrees. But yeah, Incredible just kind of sticks with me, and it was my second favorite, definitely. But then Inside Out, I think, just barely edged it out. But yeah, everything you guys said, it's fun. But that never, like, it never cheapens very legitimate emotional problems going on. If I had one problem, uh, I, the, the family was a bit yelly. But then that kind of, when I think about it, that's kind of what it needed how to start. So they kind of came together and it felt better. If they weren't, you know, if they weren't having kind of uh, trouble communicating at the beginning, then there's no really real growth. So I think it's, it's it was worth it and it wasn't overwhelming at all. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really uh well made the cg the graphics themselves the oh i said graphics in terms of movies i hate that i hate it the visuals of the film and you know it was a kind of an older uh computer anime film do hold up uh decently well because of the stylization it still looks really good and yeah syndrome is one of definitely one of the best uh disney villains if you if we're now counting maybe one of the best villains of a superhero movie and given marvel there's not really (laughs) much competition there yeah with 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 marvel having the most uh, right now, of villains, yeah, definitely one of the best. So, um, yeah, yeah. Again, you guys covered it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I, I mean, I, I will say, like, uh, I guess, I, guess I, I come from a dysfunctional family, so I think those parts with their families, like, being yelling at each other, that kind of resonates with me because that's how it works. I was mm. the dash in my family, so I, I guess that's nice. why I don't, like, really look at that. Oh, I was. I absolutely was. Oh, so am I. I life. am currently the dash, although a little bit more sarcastic. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always the moment that I always like the most is when he runs on the water. Love that oh, moment. of course. It's like I mean I love when they all get into a pose while like all destroying the the ships and stuff. It's like oh my god. It's like the red and orange, the bright hot colors contrasted with the cool greens of the background. It's like it's gorgeous. It, it's a feast to the eyes. Mm-hmm. And Edna is hilarious. Oh yeah. Edna, great character. Go fight, Wheat! <laughs> uh, Brad Bird, man, surprisingly great voice oh, actor. Oh man, needs yeah. more work. Brad Bird, this is really, this is also kind of his story, and I—that's why I, I admire him so much because you know, I mean, his Mr. Incredible's face is modeled after Brad Bird, if you guys didn't know. So, huh. uh, it kind yeah. of looks like him. Anyway, yeah. let's. We, we should probably move on. Incredible, it's great. It's, yep. I would it's, say it's incredible, but that would be uh, doing a disservice. Uh, um, my number two favorite film of all time, which is not going to be a surprise because I bring it up a lot, is Blade Runner. I knew it. Ridley Scott's. Uh, and actually, I should specify uh, the director's cut. Because uh, and that right, sounds super right. snobbish. Like, oh, yes, the film's doing. The director's cut is supposed to be here. But it really is like night and Wait, day. Wait, so hold on. Is Return of the King Extended Edition your favorite third film? Like your third no. Film? It's fine. I want like one, two scenes from Extended to be put in theatrical Return of the King. Otherwise, I think th- the theatrical cut is pretty much perfect. Okay. I want... You want the death of Saruman, and I want the mouth of Sauron, because it's hilarious that Aragorn just beheads him. Anyway, we should talk about uh, Blade Runner director's cut. And it's funny, because when I first saw Blade Runner, I didn't really like it. Uh, and then my dad said, you know what? How about tomorrow we watch the director's cut? And for some reason, I agreed, even though I didn't like the original, and it's just a lot better. And I think a lot of it is the atmosphere, which is kind of the first thing that I love about Blade Runner, is the atmosphere. It's funny. What Blade Runner reminds me the most of, as a whole, not really anything specific, but it reminds me the most of oddly enough, The Grapes of Wrath, the book, not the movie, because I really like The Grapes of Wrath, and what impressed me about it was that this was a miserable, miserable story we were following. These characters were miserable, like, the entire time, and yet something about the way it was delivered made me enjoy being a part of that, when normally it would be kind of too unpleasant to have going the entire time, you know, of the, the entire story, and so it's the same here with Blade Runner. This is not a great world. You know, it's very dreary, 
Uh, the character's not a happy character. None of these characters are happy characters. And yet, the way it's delivered, for whatever reason, I still can't put my finger on. Uh, hopefully one day I will be able to. I love being in that kind of miserable world. <laughs> and I think that's that's very impressive. But um, at its core, what I love about Blade Runner is the villain, who I think is kind of the protagonist. Roy is this is my second favorite film villain uh, because it, it's kind of amazing that they did something so simple. The concept of fear of death. It's a more, movie about mortality. And it allows this villain, no matter how monstrous they, they can be, to be incredibly relatable. And I, and I just, it's a, it's a great performance, just the right amount of villainous, over-the-topness, but never loses sight of, again, a very relatable character. It's just someone who's terrified that their time is ending and they'll do anything to extend it. It's, you know, it's very, again, relatable. I wish I had a better word. But, um, yeah, Roy's one of my favorite film characters, not just villains, actually. And, um, yeah, visual treat. You know, that thrown, that's been thrown around a few times this episode, but it definitely is. Um yeah, what else can I say? It's it's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, wow. Like, every time, Max. Uh, every time. <laughs> it's true. Time. Listen, it, this is actually a... And I'm not just saying that for the sake of the joke. I I like these movies. I don't love them. But I honestly... And this is not an attack on the movie. It's weird. Every time I think I say this, I always think it's an attack on the thing that's made. My, my favorite part is the soundtrack. I love huh. the score. Vangelis, though. Man, yeah. he's... Like, S- just hearing... It, it, it's neon. You know, it's neon noir. It, it really yeah, is. It's wonderful. It's, it's great. And do you do you know if you saw the director's cut or regular? I'm did pretty have, sure I saw the director's cut. Did you I, have I Harrison Ford it. narrating over everything? Um, I don't remember. I, I haven't seen the movie in like seven years. Because that's what would let the score really take over, and the atmosphere needs you to hear it and just kind of get in in touch with it. And and so, Boy, when, so the when director's the cut with Harrison Ford's voiceover is better. No, the the original cut had the narration. Oh, the original cut. The director's cut took it all out, and it's so much better. So, um, you probably saw that because yeah, the score is wonderful. It really, I mean, that sells the tone just as much as uh, the the great visuals and uh, design production design does. So, and it's like it really it does give us a much more like it kind of gives us a fans a a fantasized fantastical rendition of a cyber New York, right? It's New York, Mm, L.A. L.A., oh. Yep. And yet it does not stop to be utopian about it. It's very much a world that is as dreary as ours, just with flying cars now. It's <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, it's almost the price to pay for utopia. It kind of hints that the off-world colonies are absolutely perfect, but then the people left behind have nothing because everyone else left. And so it's, it's I never really thought of it that way. But, yeah, this is kind of like the downside of Star Trek, where there's going to be the planets that people are just kind of barely you know, scraping by where everyone else has super science stuff. So, uh, Larry, do you have anything? Um, I really like the movie. A great noir film. And I think mm-hmm. it, it's, it deserves to be up there with like a lot of like, like, I mean, when I think of noir, it's definitely a film I think of first. Like it's like Blade Runner, Chinatown, right. Maltese Falcon. And that's you know. what's funny. It's not even visually speaking, though it uses a lot of shadows and light the same way that, that a noir film would. Um, but it looks honestly the most the noir films I've seen mostly are black and white. But it looks the light especially it looks amazing in color. <laughs> like they yeah. use the same like I always remember yeah. Blade Runner's big thing with lighting is lights coming through windows. And it always looks so good because I've seen that in noir where it's like black and then stripes of white light. But the colors that gets to come like this green tint and then it shifts to blue mid scene. Like there's really wonderful uh, light work there. But also the story is noir. 
You know, this definitely yeah. is a sci-fi noir. You have basically a detective. You know, he's hunting down uh, replicants. He's unsolving a mystery. You know, he flat out does the scene where he, you know, investigates the photograph. So it's very much he's basically being a detective. You've got the the femme fatale, Rachel, great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is a noir, and it's pr- definitely my favorite because it's at number two. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, film. I consider noir, I really put story first when it comes to noir. I mean, I get the visual look is important. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, like one of my favorite noir films, Sin City, is yeah, very Yeah, I put story noir. first for most things. Okay, well, yeah. you know what, Max? Well, you know what, Max? Story like oh. I'm talking about <laughs> genre-defining terms. Um but yeah, like noir, the story of a noir film is really what what sells it for me. And I think in Blade Runner, it's just it's I don't really know. It's like very subtly engaging, which I think is something that I, which that I would hmm. that I don't really say a lot. But like I remember the first time I was watching Blade Runner, it was like maybe like an hour in the film when I was sort of like I sort of like finally thought about something, and I'm like, wow, I really like this movie. And it, like it took uh-huh. me an hour to like finally like, oh wow, this is like this it's... has had me like on, on the on the edge of my seat like a lot. Yeah, that's so. a good point. It really doesn't get too intense for, right. for most of it, especially not near the beginning, and yet you're engaged anyway. So you can, it's almost right. relaxing to watch for, for yeah. most of it. That's 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 like a good way to describe it, I would say. Which is a which is, which is a good noir this, thing too. Right. Maybe that's why the slow pacing, the atmosphere works. Like just the scene with the scenes with with uh, Decker just flying around in the car, and you just see the city and the music comes in. Why not? It is relaxing, you know. And and movies don't have to always be you know, moving to the next thing super quickly. It takes its time, but it never, never, I, it never felt slow to me. And that's impressive because I'm usually a little too impatient with movies, but uh, it justified its slow pace. It, it, no, it knew when to move on. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And the soundtrack too. Ben Jollis, classic. Mm-hmm. He's always very Glad memorable with his, with his uh, soundtracks. But yeah. There you go. All right. I think that's all I got to say about Blade Runner. Yep. So there's number, there are number twos. Yeah. Wow. Here we go. Yeah. The yeah. shocking I mean, number one. Again, ones. like we talk about number ones a lot on the show because as we adore movies, these movies kind of represent why you know for me at least my number one kind of represents why I love movies and why I've spent why I'm hoping to spend my entire life making them, and maybe that's why it's become a bit more I don't know easy to just kind of pass it off as like this is you know this movie is an example of this good thing. So yeah, it's a bit obvious to you, but if we're ever given a chance to gush about our favorite movies. We gonna do that. We are going to do that. We so, gonna Larry. do that. Ah, uh, hmm. I wonder. Oh, wait, wait. Let me just be. say. Let me say. Oh, let wow, me build this on. up for you, Larry. Oh. I did have an honorable mention. I didn't mention, but I knew. I knew for a fact we were gonna hear it at some point, Larry. Go for it, buddy. Ah, uh, you see, when I when I back in the dawn of time, there was no uh, Emperor's New Groove was my favorite. Um, and and <laughs> well, I'm glad you killed the build up because yeah. I was gonna kill it. So yeah, since the, the dawn of time, film, you know, um, it's uh, the Emperor's. The reason I love Emperor's New Groove, and it's not just because it's a nostalgic classic for me, because I, I mean, I watched it. I, if if I had a tape of it, I I would break it, but it was a DVD. Um, but it's it's and you know because when you something that was brought up to me recently when I rewatched it for like the umpteenth time is that it's it's not that really complex of a film message Mm -hmm. isn't really that um new it's a message we see a lot it's the typical um you know the jerk uh learns from the guy with the heart of gold that he needs to you know stop being a jerk and uh, and that's really the that's really the whole story and i mean he comes around exactly in the way that you'd think and there's the whole double cross moment which is so just in like so many movies 
Um, and so my friend was like, well, I mean, my friend who I, you know, I understand why he didn't, he was not a huge fan of it when I showed it to him. And he was like, well, why do you love this movie so much? Like, it's, it's really like bland story-wise. And I said to him that that's what, that's what allows everything else to stand out. The story is a classic story and it's a good story. I mean, it's, it's typical stuff and it's a good moral, but it, it, it that sort of plays second fiddle to a film whose style and whose, um, whose personality are just at the forefront and in the best way. It's a film that, um, uh, sorry, I have my note. I have some notes here cause I'm told constantly that I ramble. Um, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's, it is, it masters. And it's in my opinion, it's, it's one of the first, I hate you. It's one of, it's a film that masters the zany fourth wall breaking sort of out of the box style of humor, which I don't think really any other animated film, uh, at least Disney-wise for sure, had tackled at that point. And it's very difficult. It's not easy to sort of pull that off. You need a lot of personality, and you need to just have a good execution of that. And David Spade, who many consider to be a repulsive individual, um, it, it happens wait, to be... Oh, how, wait, how come? How come? Wait, wait. I don't know. I mean, I, I never really understood it, but a lot of people just don't like David Spade. I don't, I don't get... I think a lot of people think he's just, his voice is annoying and he's obnoxious. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, that's Maybe perfect. that's kind of the point why they got him for yeah, this movie. That's why, that's why this film is perfect in his casting, because he just pulls off the character so well. So many... The, I can quote literally 100% of this movie. I can quote it of backwards and forwards. Um, and even the lesser so lines, the, the less comedic lines have so much weight to them. Um, David Spade, again, does a great job. But really, the star of this movie is, is Eartha Kitt as Yzma. Mm one of my all-time favorite villains and she's not really that great of a villain but it's just like the the presence she has is just undeniable same goes for um patrick warburton as cronk fantastic sidekick character and even john goodman as as pachi you know has his moments that i really like um and you know great voice acting really from everyone even like the smaller characters like the two weird old men who are in the movie for some reason great it's great stuff um and it's it's just Again, that humor style, which is like something that nobody had ever really tried before at the time, animation-wise. And the funny part is that this movie was in production hell for a really long time. It started off as this completely other film about like the the, the Aztecs and the Mayans or whatever, and Sting was attached. Super serious, like Hunchback, yeah. Notre Dame levels. Yeah, serious. and like Sting was going to score the whole thing, and he ended up having a, a, a credit song. But eventually, it, they just scrapped it. And they went for something way more memorable, way more timeless, um, and just, I just, it's so much in it's. I, I'm, I'm trying to find the word here because I'm, I'm struggling. I guess timeless really is the best word because I've seen this film. I, I watch this film at least like two to three times a year, at least, and it's just every time I watch it, I always find something new to like. I always find a new line that I that is, is better. I always find this new animation quirk. Animation is really great, by the way, too. Uh, it has a lot of really great oil painting backgrounds, but yet it also uh, has the 2D animation style with it. Um, and yeah, it's 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 not the most advanced Disney film, obviously. And again, Aladdin, and you could argue that movies like Aladdin or Lilo and Stitch have a much more interesting complex going on, character complex. Um, but it's just, it was a film that really stuck with me in my childhood, and it masters the fourth wall zany humor style which i which is something that i i you know this movie kind of inspires me a lot in my comedy uh, i always i love the fourth wall breaking character like uh you know c- characters like um jordan belford and like the wolf of wall street are characters that like, just talk straight to the audience 
And I just, I love that. I just love that kind of uh, that relationship. And I think uh, Cusco in the movie sort of balances that with sort of the in-story character and the out-of-story character, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Emperor's New Groove. Well, guys, I'm gonna turn in. Uh, it was great. It was a great day. I um, I'm just gonna go to bed now. Uh, seeing as it's now one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I like here's it the thing. too. Here's the thing. I I love the Emperor's New Groove so dearly. It really is probably my favorite Disney movie. If it wasn't for The Incredibles, but also it's kind of a Pixar film, which at the time was it. Um, Emperor's New Groove to me is. It's a, it's, it really is the best example of what happens when you're totally okay with who you are. And this movie knows who it is, and that's it's just going to run with it. It's People use cartoon as like, uh, as like a, a negative connotation, and I think that's dumb, but if they were ever to watch The Emperor's New Groove, they'd be like, that is a good cartoon. Like, it's very much a cartoon, and it knows that, and it revels in it. It also includes one of the best character art completions of all time, if you guys have seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about when he's in the rain and he talks to his fourth wall self. It is, yes. It's yes. a moment of genuine, no holds barred brilliance on all accounts. There's, it's not really like, it's, it's not like, oh yeah, it's great for this movie. No, no, it's brilliant. It's, it's so perfect. unique and it's fascinating. Perfect. Yeah. And the one song they use, Perfect World, is perfect. I, uh, I love it. Well, I it's... mean, I actually didn't mention this, but the score is really good. We use uh, for a long oh, time. Yeah. We used "Run Llama Run" as our theme song. We're still we, using we, it. We still use it. We you still heard use it at the it. beginning of this episode. You'll hear it at the end. Yep. Yeah, it's and, and that's a great chase song. And Don't the sting song at, and the sting song at the end is 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 nice. Oh it's a god, nice... no! It's the worst part of the movie. Worst part of the movie is when they <laughs> they finish with "Perfect World" and they go that really like yucky. Yeah, 90s Disney does that every once in a while. Just, uh, yeah, I they agree. do that with the same with like Pocahontas and like all the nineties Disney movies have that. It's gross. Nah, I disagree. <laughs> That's I a like, good way to I like the Sting I like the Sting song, but whatever. Oh, it's good that he didn't score the whole thing though, because that just wouldn't Yeah, have that would have been <laughs> that would have been it's bad. like Daft Punk scoring something. <laughs> who who would ever do that? But yeah, it, I, I love this movie wow, so that, dearly. That was will, like that was really you know, backhanded. It, <laughs> that was a backhanded <laughs> slap at Daft Punk music scoring abilities. Damn. And um, I and I will also say, uh, watch this movie on Blu-ray. If you've seen it on the DVD, yeah, it's great. But then you watch it on Blu-ray and you're like, whoa, this looks even better than what you remember. And it's, oh man, I'm sorry. I will just go on and on about this movie because I love it so much. Someone tried well, to argue with me. Then. Someone tried to argue with me once that uh, she, a friend of mine, really loves Road to El Dorado. And I love that movie too. It's a great animated movie, but I love. Well, she was argue that it's better than Emperor's New Groove. She was arguing the animation in 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 Road to El Dorado is better than Emperor's New Groove. Uh, and I'm like, I mean, see, I can de- like... see, I can debate you, but no, you're wrong. And we and like we had okay. this whole big thing, but I was just that's just memories. Well, for me, I think for, the thing that always comes to mind with Emperor's New Groove for me is that one time uh, my room and I wanted to do something kind of quick, light. Um, for a little while and we're like oh I'm Prisoner Grooves on Netflix and like oh let's watch like 20 minutes um we watched the whole thing without really realizing it because this is probably like the the what's the word I guess light is the word this is like the lightest movie I've ever seen it just goes you know like there it, it never and I'm not saying it's a bad thing not like dramatically light but like it just goes it has a really fast pace the laughs are, are consistent it's short it's like 80 something minutes or it's actually shorter than the, the usual 90, which is kind of the uh, benchmark. Um, but yeah, and so you just, it's weird if people haven't seen this because it takes like zero effort. It is just <laughs> amusing, well yeah. done, and it, you just w- watch it. Like, it's hard, to, it's hard to put it in words. You just kind of 
are there while it plays. It doesn't feel like there's any drain whatsoever. And I say that as a good thing. It is completely a positive experience. It's, it's just like you just it's a breeze. The this movie, movie moves nice for breeze. you. The movie moves yes. for you. You don't yes. have to you don't have to put much effort in it. Cusco just tells the story like it is, which I mm-hmm. like. That's yeah, a good it's point. 78 minutes. I just looked good up point. on yeah. IMDb. And that's with credit, so it's actually probably like 75 minutes, which is really short. But, it, yeah, if, it, yeah, if it's okay. I mean, because that's, guys, what, that's what movie I, should be. And, I mean, I mean, you bring up a good yeah. point in that it's really funny. I think that like, speaks, oh it, speaks for itself. Oh, my it's God. This really movie is a riot. Funny. There's n- I don't like, use the term. You, you laugh as a kid, and you laugh even harder as an adult. Like, that's yeah. one of the true cornerstones of all kids comedies like if you can make if you can make a laugh as an adult then it has succeeded and then some yeah i use this term mm-hmm. loosely yeah. like i describe the nice guys like this and only a few other comedies that i've seen but this is a laugh a minute movie and i don't say that very often but it's true the laughs are just consistent there's not a beat that goes by without some great like sort of hit going so props to you them know, for that the funny thing about shaking hands is you need hands you need, you need hands <laughs> <laughs> You'll need this. Pulls up dress. No. Oh no. God. Ah. Oh. It's just I my think knife, the guys. Squirrel. The oh, squirrel okay. just kind of reeks of like corporate wanted the amusing animal, but it is one of the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah, it's it's great. I love I love when random side characters their entire purpose is to just screw over the main characters. Like they're not even antagonists. They have no actual point in the plot. They're just there to make their life's harder the protagonists yeah, make great. their lives harder it's, it's great it's a great it's characterization too um mm-hmm. the, and by yeah, the way i mean can i just quote this movie all day long can i just point out well just no wanna... we could quote it for 72 minutes <laughs> uh true so, i could quote no, it for 72 yeah. minutes i just want to yeah. say people got to stop hating on Kronk's New Groove, which is the sequel. People no, gotta stop hating. I will not. Gotta stop I hating. Use that movie's terrible. Oof, and we, you we also have a... we also have to stop uh. hating on the television show, which was also fine. And I think oh. I think yeah, both yeah, the television shows are right. I think both of I think the reason that both those pe- that a lot of people hate both of those things is because they never amounted to the humor of the original. Which no, is no, was a lightning. Groove was a musical. And it's dumb. It's it wasn't dumb a musical. As hell. It wasn't a musical. It had like two songs. Wasn't it? Didn't see. Oh, okay. Well, what? It's dumb. It had Earth, Wind, and Fire. Dumb, Max. I don't like it. It has Earth, Wind, and Fire. You can't fight the Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. Oh. You can't do it. Maybe I'll give it a rewatch. But like, if everybody has their own grudge against um, Disney, directed Disney or directed DVD Disney movies. Oh my god. And that Crunk's Crunk's, is mine. Oh my god. Now, of course, Crunk's you could also... so light in comparison to some of the other ones. Oh my god. If that's your yeah. least favorite. Have you ever seen oh, and Dunkstrom 2? Yes. I mean, oh my god. Yes. They're like we we like I watched Hunchback recently for the first time and then we watched that and it was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" Yeah, I've also what seen happened? I've also seen Cinderella 3. No one can top that. That's the worst. Oh, you Easily. mean the one where they go back in time yes. or whatever? Yes. It's bad. <laughs> anyway. That's what all <laughs> classic Disney princess tales need. Time yeah. travel. Time travel. Look, hey. <laughs> I didn't do it by choice, but it, it was bad. Anyway. Um, okay, there's uh, there's yeah, yeah, super man. film. We should probably hurry this up. I mean, because these people, hey, they have, they have that. things I'm having to do. fun. I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm having fun, too, but I also want to go see X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, that's true. Uh, I need to see I that. I saw that. So. I don't have to rush off. Now I do have to pack, though. So, Max, if you want to move us along, do so. All right, so number one is Back to Future. Speaking of time it's travel, good. I like it. Speaking of Next time travel, one, right? <laughs> oh come on, you gotta sp- you gotta spend a little bit of time come on it. On. All right, so there was at one point where I didn't think Back to Future should be my favorite movie because I found some problems with it. You know, a few little narrative problems here and there that don't really make any sense. 
But then I went to go see it in live in concert at the Hollywood Bowl last summer, and I realized, I finally realized why it is my favorite film of all time. It's because of its theme. At first you think, what is Back to the Future? What is, what's, what's it about? And Back to the Future is a story about taking life, taking your fate, throwing it aside, and forging your own history. That you have control over what you do. And that, to me, is so important. In a world where people always say karma and fate and other nonsense terms like that, this is a movie about maybe using the backdrop of time travel to change history. But instead of history that's already happened, it's history that's happening. You decide your fate, you choose your path, and that's, that's something I, I really value in living, personally. And, uh, I mean, what else needs to be said about Back to the Freaking Future? Do I have to go on about the sound, you know, the incredible soundtrack from Alan Silvestri, the amazing screenplay, the fantastic, like, I could just use quotes synonymous with great, and it would really just be the same thing. Back to the Future is one of, it's a movie that always reminds me of the value and impact of movie magic. And I don't know what, I don't know how, you know, what this, what I'd be without it. It's always, it's. I don't think, I don't look at this movie and go, this is the kind of movie I want to make, because I'm not a magician. I couldn't do that. But it's a movie that reminds me, this is why people love the movies. Back to the Future is why movies are so beloved and so needed in a culture like ours. Next. <laughs> well, I, okay, I mean, well. we did a whole episode where right. we each side has a favorite movie, Max. We, and, of course, we talked about it. I'll just repeat. I liked it a lot. I, it's funny. Um... Got some whimsical characters, some kooky Doc Browns, you know, all that. Um, but yeah, I don't have much more to say. You clearly are more passionate than me, so I'm not going to try to, like, outdo you. <laughs> I mean, I like it a lot, though. Um, and yeah, I, 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 the theme of, you know, take destiny, taking your own hands, it's solid. It, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, the only thing, I guess, that kind of throws that out of comparison is that it kind of shows you, oh, yeah, if you could time travel, you could make life better for you, but... You know, that, I guess it's the only time where the theme sort of falls on its Yeah, on See, its that's face. one of my, that's like one of my issues with the movie. I'm just like. See, yeah, that's the thing. I don't have issues with Incredibles. I have one issue with Souls Network. I have like three or four with Back to the Future, and yet it's still my favorite movie. Well, yeah. For some reason. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I, I'm one to admit that like The Emperor's New Groove is like not really that good story wise. It's pretty bland. But I mean, I've talked about that one already. I think, but I mean, like, that's my one issue. Like, my, see, the thing is, my roommate, uh, my, my roommate, my freshman year, uh, his favorite film is Back to the Future Part Two, uh, and so we've had. And personally, I think Back to the Future One is better than Two, and so we've had a lot of discussions about Back to the Future, and because uh, it's his favorite trilogy, also. Um, and I just think uh, Back to the Future is sort of a lightning in a bottle sort of thing, where you just have the right people working together at the right time um, to create something that uh, is just really memorable for a lot of people. There's a great uh, documentary um, about this on Netflix right now, Back in Time. Uh, which is uh, just goes into all the different fan stuff surrounding Back to the Future and like all the different like uh, events that happened and that behind the scenes stuff and how there was originally a guy who was gonna play Marty who they ended up scrapping all his footage and using Michael J. Fox instead, which I think was mm -hmm. just very fascinating. Um, and dodged a bullet with that one. Yeah, seriously, right? Um, and I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have been fine. Though. Yeah, whatever. I had a couple of pro. I have a couple problems with Back to the Future, but it, it's it, Max is right. I mean, the theme is really is really solid. Although I would argue that it's about a couple of other things along with that that I think are equally as important. Um, like, like I mean, like the power. I'm just asking. Of, I mean, friendship, a, a big part of that, and like the boundaries of friendship, um, and sort of uh, 
I mean, courage also, not only for um, Marty's dad, George, but for Marty also. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. But it's it's um, it's a very multi-layered movie, and a lot of people don't really give it a lot of credit because uh, it is a really strong movie, character-wise, story-wise. It never really slows down, ever. Um, and it's kind of took an idea that time travel, which is really easy to screw up, and made it really well done and coherent and functional. Although I still don't believe that Marty's life is, would be better after screwing with time, sort of. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what Back to the Future Part 2 is for. But nonetheless, it's, it's, uh, Max has a good one for number one, for sure. That reminds me all of right. uh, one of my favorite tweets of all time. It says, the Back to the Future trilogy deals with the three greatest stages of life. Your past, your future, and cowboy. <laughs> can't remember who wrote that i wish i could quote them but it's one of my favorite brilliant oh, that's, brilliant that's great that's a good one that's that's a good one um well um casablanca yeah so that's casablanca. like the least shocking thing that you've probably ever heard in your life listener my favorite film was casablanca and well, i thought it was the I ice was, cream queen with Humphrey Bogart. I, I was actually was tempted the to be like, my number one favorite film of all time is Pacific Rim or something like that. But <laughs> let's just get to the let's get to the, cut to the chase. <laughs> no, just really not though. Oh, get over it. No, <laughs> you you get over your denial. Anyway, the something about Casablanca is a I of course can quote it. It's very quotable. Uh, it. it it, it's one of the movies that you just kind of... I, I'm glad I have the screenplay to just read, which is rare. Uh, to just, like, I want to read it as much as I want to watch it. But I think what really st- stuck with me is I was watching it, uh, like, I guess it was last year, so it was a little while ago, but not too far. And I realized that all the time I was excited while watching it because I realized I was looking forward to, like, this next line or, oh, this, this next moment or this next scene. And there are no other movies that I have that reaction to. There are movies that like, oh, I can't wait, like, I can't wait to get to this end point, or I can't wait till it kicks in, and I can be enjoying what I'm watching at the moment, fine, but Casablanca is so rare, and like, the next moment is, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating just seconds away, almost to the point where it's hard for me to enjoy what I'm watching at the moment, so it's kind of almost too good, you could say, but um, that's unique for me. I have no other film that just all the time I can't wait for what I know is coming, and it, it's it's like a friend now. You know, it's so familiar. I know exactly what everything's going to, you know, how it's going to be timed. I could probably recite the entirety of the film in completely accurate tempo and rhythm, like of how they speak. It has a great flow to it because it's it's wonderful. The the writing is top notch. You all know that it's a wonderful story that kind of is. I mean, it's a pretty basic story about a cynic who decides to maybe not give up. And I I need that every once in a while. Especially during this election season, I've thought to myself a lot, <laughs> actually over the past few days and months. Yeah, yeah. election season, seriously, though, it does bring up. I kind of hate people. Uh, I do. And it gets to me a lot. You know, as a group, well, I, I kind of I hate, people. hate people. And so this is a movie that says, hey, here's this main character who's like me. You know, I see that I share that with Rick, but he overcomes it and he moves on and seems to be better off because of it. So that's good. And I think that's healthy. As much as I'll have my reasons for hating everyone, um, I know that it's probably best to not. So it's kind of a – by watching this, I get to live vicariously through Rick. 
I can't yet give up my own cynicism, but maybe if Rick can, I can. So it's a wonderful tale. It's one of the best romances ever put on screen. And yet I still don't think that's like the strength of the movie. A lot of people say, oh, the romance is what's key. I disagree. I think the drama there is, is much better, but it has incredible characters. All of them are great. Every character is great. Louis Renault is such a scumbag, but I love him to death. And uh, it's a perfect film. It, it honestly is. And everyone's like, oh, no, film's perfect. Lies. Lies, sir. Oh, that's not fair. Oh, I just thought of it. Yeah, no, I remembered a few problems I have with it. It's basically perfect. It's perfect for As a you. Whole, to you, it's, it's perfect. a perfect film. So you've probably seen... And that's the thing. I don't feel like I really need to explain myself here. I This is easy, This is considered one of the best movies of all time. I'm not shocking anyone with... You know, everyone's been praising this. I'm not new to this. Uh, I'm not, you know... yeah. I, I, this isn't a new thing. So that's all I got to say. It's, it's yeah. my favorite film because I, it just is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Yes. And I really yeah, want to like watch it. it. And one <laughs> yeah. of the best, like, yeah, I, e- like I hate you, Max. I just go away. <laughs> one of my, like, the best evenings ever for me was I had this amazing dinner at a restaurant. I had this wonderful steak with a fried egg on it. It was just a wonderful meal. And then my dad and I went to the, the 70th anniversary rescreenings. And I got to see Casablanca in a movie theater. And everyone loved it. And that's what was so great. It wasn't just me. This isn't just, and I knew it was popular, but being in a, in a very full theater, so much so that they did a second run, and I, of course, went again. Uh, a full theater, and people were laughing at all the jokes I laughed at, and I never had that experience. And so it shows this is a timeless film. This is still very popular. Still, it doesn't it hasn't aged a bit. Like, it, it, nothing sticks out. So please go watch it. It's from 1942. But that should not hold you back. It is, it's a masterpiece. I don't know, man. I have a limit at 1943. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, it won the 1943 <laughs> Best Picture, if that helps, because they canceled hey. the Academy Awards that year. So, it, oh, like, wow. if you saw Academy 43, yeah, it was a uh, war effort, I think. I can't remember the exact that reason, makes, but yeah, okay, it won that, that makes year. sense. It, so, it actually <laughs> beat two years of contenders to get Best Picture. So, boom. There you go. It there wasn't just the best of that year. It was best of the next one. And actually, the, what, 72 years since, it's been the best. Take that, other movies, literally every other film, <laughs> in your face. Um, yeah, uh, I agree. I go. agree that's one of the best. It's definitely one of the best romances, uh, that, in my opinion. Uh, but I also think it's one of the best romances because the character doesn't really, like, win. I mean, he wins at the end, yeah. but, like, in a very that's unconventional huge. way. Right, it's um, kind of fun to think about. Everyone knows the ending now. It's very famous, and it, and it probably won't surprise anyone. But if you think about it, this is kind of a weird ending. Yeah. Guy doesn't get the girl in the end. Like, did you guys not get yeah. the memo? That's but how all like, films end. <laughs> we got you know? the memo. Um, but it's, but it's, Rick got better. Rick didn't get the girl, but he got the Louis. So. Well, see, it's a perfect <laughs> It's a perfect example of a of – because, a, like, a lot of the times when you think about romance, you think about taking the higher ground with the romance, you never think it's going to work because, like, that's that's that doesn't feel uh, satisfying enough. The guy's got to get the girl. But in Casablanca, a lot of people – I still don't realize why more romantic films go for this. In Casablanca, one of the most revered films of all time, he doesn't get the girl, and he's a better character for it, and it's completely right. satisfying, and it works. Because it uh, kind of it goes over the you know quote unquote rule of movies, which is guy gets girl, because mm-hmm. that doesn't fit the characters. It's not a healthy relationship. And I, as much as they have their you know through rose colored glass flashback of Paris, and they have their you know, they kind of rekindle the romance, uh, you know post uh, gun at heart. It, it got it got things got tense. You know what happens. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Even with that, it's never portrayed as like the perfect relationship. They both know it well. 
Rick knows it wouldn't work. And so it, it's character driven. The ending isn't like, oh, what's the default? Yep, they get together. It, it knows the characters. It knows that it doesn't work. And it's it's immensely satisfying. It's one Very. of the most famous endings for a reason. Because it's mm-hmm. one of the best film endings of all time. So, um, mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. Knock and on Vax Wood. And thinks it's good. Knock on yeah, Wood knock is... On wood is uh, knock on Wood. It's great. I mean, <laughs> I, great. I like it. I think it's just... I think, you know, Sean, you can see past the more dated elements. I really can't. What's dated? I think cinematography. cinematography. It's pretty awful. I think it's no, pretty it's awful. not. They're, it's beautiful. Oh, Max. It's, it's a beautiful I think it's, film. like, really close-up and really, like, claustrophobic. And yeah. And then at the end, it, uh, it's, 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 it's containing, it's, oh, it's suffocating on Rick. And at the end, when it's all empty, it's this big empty place. There's nothing for him there anymore. So he leaves. It's it's wonderful. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. Sure. Right. All right. I'll get out of here. Good. But all the beautiful, like, but all the, like, the, the I also, okay, shots. Okay, okay. If I may, I also, I'm also not a huge fan of how the film is very much like a play, you know, like it's not very visual. It's I disagree. Like, I think it is. I think, and again, the the uh, Le Marseillaise is one of my favorite scenes in cinema, which I think is uh, beautiful. And if you know, like the kind of the backstory that most of those extras that were singing the the French anthem were actually refugees pushed out by uh, the Nazis who were you know currently sweeping through Europe. U.S. hadn't entered the war yet when this was filmed. But play um, it, Sam. Play it, yeah. Sam. Play it Over, again. Overrated Sam. line. No, because that's not actually the line, Max. God. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. that scene's beautiful, and like that did feel cinematic to me. You, it, it shows each person. You have this wonderful close up, and so I think that's just one example. I think it. I don't think it is quite just a play filmed. I think there's enough there, though. It, it literally is a play filmed. Yeah, Sean, Sean, remember, remember that time play. when, for my birthday, we went to a restaurant based on your favorite movie? Remember that, Sean? Yeah, that? I'm going there tomorrow night, actually. Oh, nice. You can thank me for that because somehow, yeah, I guess there wasn't a Back to the Future themed restaurant anymore anywhere. No, that has how, to how exist. That has to exist somewhere. And somebody dressed as Goldie Wilson is cleaning up as the janitor. That oh, that's fun, funny. Actually. That's I'm funny. Sorry. Anyway, Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just to wrap up, Casablanca is not like the type of movie I usually love. It's not you know an action big, you know boom boom. That's I mean that's oversimplifying it, but I like that kind of movie, and that speaks to it. It's just a straightforward drama slash romance, and it's wonderful. And that's my favorite film of all time. We all have, you've now heard our favorites, so I think we can go. Yeah, and your question is your top three favorite movies. Or and your that would be the two, last. top two or top one. But no that, top four. I want to see any of that top four bullcrap. <laughs> top three, no ties. two, or one. No ties either. No t- <laughs> yeah, as these guys will never, Max. never stop complaining. No ties. Shut up. I was so Don't afraid care. if you were going to do a tie. Oof. No, I couldn't do a tie with favorite movies. I can do ties with favorite movies at the end of the year, but not favorite movies of all time. Anyway. And for the record, here's here's the thing. I sh- we should have mentioned this earlier. This is a tentative list. This is always changing. So this is of how course. we're feeling right now as two of us just got out of college and one of us just got out of our freshman year of film school, and it's May 2016. This is just how we feel right now. In a few years, it might be completely different. That being said, these have been my top three for like five or six years. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my two and three, my two and three have been constant for a while, but the third is always changing. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, your yeah, your question, your last question that we'll respond to at least is favorite movies. Pretty basic, but think about it. Give us your reasons. I'll kind of summarize if it's too long, but I'll I'll say them next time. And I guess that will be it. 
and I'll be, I guess I gotta sign off as host for the last time. So, until next time, my name is Sean. And my name is Larry. And my name is Max. And you'll hear us later, one last time. See ya! You had to do it, Max. Ha, 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 ha.